Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm Friendly Rich and uh, a belated Merry Christmas and Happy Boxing Day. A, a, a dedication to our good friend George Chevallo. Go out there and celebrate George Chevallo today. Uh, we are full, all of my family, we are full of the egg cake, otherwise known as casata. This year we dug into a 53 egg casata. Yesterday, Christmas Day, the day Jesus was born. And boy, did we have a nice time. Hope you all had a great time with your families. And, uh, and, and this is a talk I had from earlier in the fall in my favorite city, Guelph, Ontario, with a great human, Gregory Pepper, Mr. Pep Pep himself. We talked about all kinds of things. There was a, a badminton tournament going on in his backyard. It was a very special time. And we talk about, he opens up a can of worms and a can of bar. This is my talk with Mr. Gregory Pepper. favorite cities in the world Guelph Ontario in his home it's a beautiful home a living room of Gregory Pepper don't pop your peas kids welcome to the show well I would say thank you for having me but I'm having you over right. so it's you're welcome little, it's a little weird hey Greg Gregory rich do they Greg you or do they Greg do you like Gregory a lot of my friends call me peps so feel welcome Peps, is Pep your last name, or is it Papinski? Well, if we want to get into the familial history, let's do it. Uh, when my dad's side of the family immigrated around 1950, okay. they came to East Coast Canada, and at that time they were doing verbatim letter by letter translations of people's last names. So in the Cyrillic oh, language, wow. the name Piretz. Oh, uh, which means pepper was translated to parrots, which is sort of an awkward kind of non non name. It doesn't really have any roots anywhere. Okay. And in fact, I would introduce myself as parrots quite often as a kid because they are uh, they would they would call you Greg the parrot. Greg so I started parrot. I started putting this sort of Italian spin on it, and I would go, "It's parrots," or maybe like a French thing, parrot. Love it. But when uh, I was playing in a band in Montreal called the Dimaxians, uh, around yeah. the, the, the middle of the first decade of this millennium. Okay. And after that band broke up, we had a whole album of, uh, we had a whole, al <laughs> we had a whole album in the tank that was ready to go, but the band was no longer existing. So I went solo. Okay. 
and I've been so ever since, and I needed a name, yep. and I didn't want to use my Christian name. Okay. So I adopted what really, yes. what that border guard should have realized the name was if he had kept up on his geography yep. and his foreign language studies. Yeah. So I adopted the Pepper moniker. And it's actually worked out well for me because now uh, I, 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 hmm. when I cross the border to tour in the States, mm-hmm. so my records come out in the States. I tend to do a lot better there than I do here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not Googleable under my given name. Uh-huh. uh-huh. In- it, industry Tactics is, is the podcast you're sitting on right now. You're sitting on this podcast. We just cracked the yoke. We just cracked open a couple of Great Lake Bar. We're sitting here in, in Guelph, Ontario, and you have a thing going on in your backyard right now. I just caught the, the, the top end of it. Uh, your backyard is a badminton tournament right now. There's like four or five of your, your mates out there playing badminton. Amazing. Yeah, uh, uh, we have a recreational invitational tournament here fairly regularly in the summer months. I've got a, a large backyard that uh, borders on a train track. Yeah, we have. And very, okay. and very uh, kind neighbors. So we uh, usually have the fellas over. I love it. A few it. times every summer, we're going to crack one of these great lakes. Yeah. And just listen to that room. Ooh, that's a fresh bar. Um, and so, yeah, you've yeah. arrived at a really opportune day because after the badminton tournament, there's also a, an Italian culture festival happening in town. Which I best be frequenting. And uh, there's a spaghetti eating contest. There's cheese rolling. But the thing I look forward to most every year is the yeah. grease pole climbing competition. This what happens? Teams of four sign up and they have, if you can picture in your mind's eye, uh, something that looks a bit like a telephone pole, same width yeah. and height, but yeah. it is cover, covered with uh, axle grease. And so f- four men on each competing team will take turns climbing on each other's shoulders oh, in an effort to mount the pole at the top of which, at the crown, there is a an ornamental uh, piece of meat, which they have to grab in order to win the competition. And and Whoa. let me tell you, if you've ever wondered about the human spirit and and um, its dedication and yeah. commitment, I mean, you see it all there in the grease pole climbing competition. So you're getting like you're seeing like foot to mouth kind of shit happening, kicking in the face, all that, right? Well, and just to add to the insanity. Um, these men are, you know, dressed down to the ankles and wrists mm-hmm. and in their loose fitting clothing, they've stuffed, uh, hay, like farmer's hay and then duct tape around the seams and the joints because I think it helps absorb and probably create some, some friction. So they, they basically look like scarecrows. Whoa. You would not want to be there on any sort of psychotropic drug. It yeah. could go bad very quickly. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Wow. Yeah. So that it's a good weekend in Guelph. I, I love... We got the Jazz I, Fest. I we got the Italian it's, Festival. We yeah. got Badminton. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's always... It, I, I, every time I come to Guelph, it's, it's, it, it never ceases to kind of surprise and amaze me. The, the, and, and now, you know, the level of community... And all these weird connections, but you you've got it right going on here. Like just coming into your backyard with this the badminton, and then you're you're walking me through like some of the people on your street also being illustrators and and artists. And there's really a vibe, eh? Like it, uh, I don't have that in Oakville. Like you ask me, and it's like I no, I can't really touch on that. Right. I I get my sense of community by tapping into the love I I feel in, in communities like this. You sure, know what sure. I, mean? I was living in Montreal previously, and yeah. the level of 
sort of neurosis there. You know, you live in an apartment. You don't know any of your neighbors. You're oh, yeah? Out, you're out walking the dog. No one even makes so much as eye contact. Whereas here, if you're up before 8 a.m., mm-hmm. someone's going to say hi to you if you pass them on the street. Mm. Yeah, that's foreign. I know. Jesus. Well, it, it exists here, and uh, we're pretty comfortable. Yeah, man. Good. Good. So let's let's get into it. You're... Um how many years have you been making music? I want. I, I, we'll talk a bit about your illustration because I love it, and and it's it's a, it's a beautiful part of what you do. I, I don't know how you split that, but I want to talk mostly about your music and and how sure. you create. Um, so like, when did you start making music? Was did the illustration come beforehand? Like, how, walk us through how that kind of evolved. I was a pretty natural drawer as a kid. I think I had an aptitude for it, and that was sort of what made me special in elementary yeah. school. Yeah, where did you do elementary? In in this city, oh. I lived. I moved, my parents moved here oh, in the late eighties. Okay, and I went all through the public school system here, and then I left and moved to Quebec. That's where I met Jillian, and then we came back here kind of just as a leap pad and ended up seeing this house and for you know a myriad of reasons ended up staying and so now we're pretty deeply entrenched well entrenched to the point where you spray painted a badminton court in your backyard well hey it's chalk paint so it's all oh. it's all it follows all the the you know guelph. environmental guelph guidelines <laughs> guelph is also a very say no more yeah you understand yeah um so i think it was maybe around the time that i started noticing girls uh being a good drawer was not enough to hack it. Mm. And it was around the time that I think, uh, sort of the, the punk when punk broke and, you know, green day and uh-huh. rancid became popular. I picked up a guitar when I was maybe about 15. Uh-huh. And then that kind of became my main focus for, you know, the following 20 years really. Wow. And I wow. did, I made a, I was in a ska band in high school. Of course you were. And we, you know, recorded a CD and went on tour. I remember it was one of the first times that my, you know, my wow. parents were always supportive but dubious. And when the ska band recorded our first album, you know, yeah. back then you had to do it in a studio and book time, hire a guy to do all the uh, visual layout and <sighs> manufacture it. And we were about $500 short wow. to make these CDs. And so I, I borrowed money from my dad. And he was a real pragmatist. He wrote up a contract. Awesome. I love made it. Made me sign it. And we went out and did a album release tour, uh-huh. and I came back with a stack of twenties for him. Oh yeah, you paid him back. I paid him back, and uh, it was the first time that I, I felt like he was. That's romantic, he was sort of Im- he know? was sort of impressed by yeah. you know what we had, what we had achieved, and that you know meant a lot to me too. Yeah, wow. So I stuck cool. around here, and then um, when I moved to Montreal, I met Jill, who uh-huh. Jillian Wilson, who's also a you know much more talented artist than than I am, I would argue. And she was doing fine arts at Concordia. Mm-hmm. And sort of uh, vicariously through her, I started uh, popping in around the fine arts building and, and rediscovered uh, my childhood passion for drawing and got into printmaking. And, oh, yeah? And then I think through music, once I, once I kind of signed on the label around t- 2009 and started touring more and meeting people. Let's talk about that. So how did that happen? I that think- doesn't just happen. Being on a late, yeah, you know, I got to thank the internet for that one. You got to thank the internet for some of these connections that I mean, wouldn't I, have otherwise happened. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, as ambivalent as I feel towards just technology in general, I feel like the good has still outweighed the bad. Yeah. For me. So, someone, uh, a guy called Chesky Ramos from uh, Fake Four Inc. of New Haven, Connecticut, he okay. had gone on tour. With a with a rapper who had worked with a producer from Guelph, 
Holy it was just shit, layers and man, layers oh, of, man. and uh, at that time I was working in a wood shop and kind of not playing music and not that stoked about it. Yeah. And I was just burnt out. We had like a, a record deal fell through with my previous band. Okay. And he goes, well, what are you up to? And I've always just recorded and written songs all the time. So I sent him. Uh, under your solo name, like under yes, Gregory Pepper. Yeah. And I just, I sent him a file with about 30 songs and uh-huh. he goes, well, I'm going to release this. And he, he curated it and picked 13 songs and that ended up being with trumpets flaring which came out in 2009 which is the same year we bought this house wow okay and i've been with that label since and i've since released stuff um like on a uk label and a japan label and it's all it's all been through the internet with this guy like what's his name chesky ramos who who is himself a performer uh, really wow. really gifted one I've, I've been lucky enough to tour with wow um he does it it's like some weird combination of like roaming folk artist but like choppy experimental indie rapper yeah okay um and he uh sounds fun man he he really put the wind back in my sails yeah back then yeah, yeah. by like yeah. sort of trusting me and releasing well, he this believed album. in you right he's like hey I hear, I hear something in these 30 songs let, let me get behind it that's so special right when that happens oh it was so validating you yeah know? Oh, right, i couldn't right, believe it right and I think when I started touring again and put a band together, uh-huh. I think what's I think what happened first was promoters go, "Oh, so you're a, you draw? You want to uh-huh. draw the poster?" Uh huh. And because they're just trying to save fifty bucks, right? But I was happy to do it because it's really it's free. It's great free advertising, right? right? It's pasted not all over telephone right. poles, but all over the internet. Wow. So I started doing show posters, and that was really how I got back into art. Hmm. And then from that, I started doing people would want T-shirts designed, and they would want you know album art and stuff like that and i started getting paid for it so so you finished at concordia then from a visual arts i did uh, i was there doing electroacoustics which is sort of the the holy shit auditory arts yeah and i got i got kind of actually disenfranchised with that program for the same reason that i don't think anyone should go to school to study visual art listen up children which is there's no way to objectively grade art all you can grade is the support. So you can, by God, you can present a blank canvas. But if you're clever enough and if you know enough multisyllabic words to explain why it's important and what it means to you, mm-hmm. well, then you'll get a passing grade. Anecdotal story, I'm visiting Jill's studio. And there's a great big, must be a six foot tall painting of a, look like a guy with alopecia, a bald man on a rooftop screaming. And I said, man, is this thing ever great? They had an open studio where people could come and work 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. She says to me, oh yeah, he's a good painter, but he's failing. Mm-hmm. I go, well, what do you mean? She says, well, you know, he's not, he doesn't really play ball. You know, he doesn't support the material. He's just kind of here to paint. And uh, What do you mean by he doesn't support the material? Like he doesn't show it? He doesn't do the gallery, the, the other stuff? I, I, there's there's a oh. word for it, and I'm going to be kicking myself yeah. later when I can't think of it. But there's um, when you show a piece and you do you have an artist a c- critic, right? You you do yeah. a, a criticism in class. You okay. talk about it with your peers, and you're you're meant to have it's sort of like writing an essay. It's broken down into three sections, and there's a yeah. way there's a it's weighted a particular way, and right. it's got a particular uh, tone and and um, momentum. And I think this guy was just, I, I never met the guy, but what I, from what I understood is he, he didn't do the book work. He just okay. did the work. Right. And heaven forbid, eh? Yeah. So, I, <laughs> and I, I, you know, and I hope he went on to do great things because sure. I know a lot of 
uh, artists who, who were almost flunked out of art school who are doing very well now. Yeah. And their peers are working at Starbucks, you know? Yeah. Because if you can't, you know, unless you want to teach finger painting in, in elementary school, like, yeah. there's, I guess kids listen yeah, yeah. It's important and it's important to network and make connections. Yeah. And uh yeah. there there's probably a lot of good things about art school that I'm overlooking. But the inherent sort of hypocrisy or contradiction was that it's it's not gradable. Yeah. So yeah. that was a, a bit of a takeaway, right? I mean so, so how did you figure that out? Like so you went in for electroacoustics. And, and I was going to do visual arts and then okay, okay. I was living there for a few years just washing dishes oh. and uh, sort of seeing Jillian's experience changed guys, my mind you, a bit you, so if, if you heard that gr- grunting sound in the background the badminton tournament is still on yeah so you're actually just kind of getting the uh, the periphery and that's exciting to, to both of us sorry keep going keep going so I figured I would do something because I was interested in music and I was playing in a band I would do a music program but it turns out that 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 sort of mirrored the same issues with the visual art program which was they don't really teach you anything technical this is the rub eh when you go so when you go to any kind of post-secondary i think or or any institution of 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 the the romance in your mind of what that artistic kind of education is going to be like i experienced a very similar thing in music education it wasn't living up to the kind of picture i had in my mind of what it was going to be right Right. a lot of it was nonsense i was falling on a lot of the things that you're falling on which is how do you grade this shit don't tell me my shit ain't creative don't tell me my shit right you know what i mean it's like don't you know all of that stuff right don't Uh, tell me who i'm ripping off because i've never heard of them there's a lot there right in studying a a creative or to that level of to that degree so so what what happens then do you just say no to it and you leave or what i Keep working. I never went to school full time. Uh. Uh, at the time, I thought I was going to be a chef. I was working. I was working my way up the ranks at a kitchen. Wow! And in uh, Montreal. In Montreal, and going to school part time, so a few days a week. And I, I had really become pretty disenfranchised with the whole process. So I went to speak to an academic advisor. Oh boy! And he looked at what credits I had, and he said, "You can get uh, a a a." generic bachelor of arts degree in english literature with what you've got if you take x y and z mm-hmm. which were there were odd classes i think i had to take like an economics class and a mm-hmm. philosophy class and um uh, electives sure and so i did that and just sort of just grudgingly finished the degree i never went to right. a, i never went to any ceremonies uh sure I, I don't think i ever got a physical diploma it's never really served me anything but isn't that fun, eh? Isn't it like, interesting? Yeah. yeah, it is. And then, yeah, it was after that that I decided, I thought, well, if, if Christ made cabinets, then I can do the same. And that's when I got into woodworking, and I did that for a few years. Are, are, you, a, are you a pretty religious man? No, no. I was raised, I was, I'm, I'm culturally Catholic. I think we've spoken about this, yeah. Um, so uh, there's, there's probably something in my subconscious. I know a lot of the old stories and allegories and i it, sometimes if i quote them casually people will assume that you're a well you just went there for now I, a, I bible, just a bible thumper and i Do think you, that there's i mean yeah. i like a lot of those old stories i think a lot about morality and and, yeah. and truth and and fraternity and stuff like that oh. um huh. but uh it, like, you threw me off 
Well, let's enjoy or let's enjoy this silence. Let's enjoy this stuttering. It, that that's a trick. That's a tricky line to cross. You know, I'm a contrarian yeah. by nature. Oh yeah. So, you know, if a scientist has a theory, he before he can get it published, he's going to rigorously try to disprove it to himself. Yeah. So I'll sometimes say things, and I found recently I've started uh, quoting Bible verses. Oh, you, you it, drop it, one. Give us a, give us a, just a. Not verbatim, but perhaps stories about. Well, what you just dropped about uh, sin and evil. I, I mean, okay. I was doing a screen printing job this week for a, an artist in town. Okay. And he had modeled it after I think the Wizard of Oz. So it was Dorothy and one of these grotesque trees hanging okay. with the with the apples hanging down. And I said, well, this is about the original sin. I mean, this is. This is Eve being tempted by the tree of knowledge. Okay. I said I said it like that very deliberately, and he got that same glimmer in his eye. Are, are, are you a Christian man, Gregory? Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, I'm not a practicing Christian. Sure. Um, but I think that there is something really um, snobby and elitist about atheism. Nice one. By God, it's a it, it is a religion, isn't it? Fuck right. To yeah. be, how sure yeah. can you be of anything? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, when I get, I was going through some stuff yeah. I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. I was, you know, sometimes when I get scared, yeah, it's a blanket, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for being honest about that. You And what's funny about it is you, you said, uh, boy, when you hit record, I might, uh, I might choke up. Or just, I might get just climb up. Yeah. No, Gre- Gregory <laughs> Pepper is opening right up. I'm so fascinated by you because, like, I've had this theory about uh excellent musicians musicians that i love musicians that kind of approach the 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 work they do from a different angle and i think you kind of get in you're in there for me like because i thought i had this misnomer that you like were were like a super schooled and you are uh illustrator I thought you came more at it from the visual arts and music kind of, and and that's what gave you your gift in the music world. But that's probably a misjudgment on my I've almost created this like stereotype that mm. super awesome illustrators can make really interesting music, but you're actually you're just oozing it and do it well from all angles, I think is 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 what. Like you didn't set out to be an illustrator or a musician, did you? Or you're not, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a left-brain guy, for yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go, there you go. There you um, go. And, okay. you know, when adults ask young kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Sure. I knew that I was good at drawing, so that would sort of be a a go-to answer just to satiate them. I love it. Uh, but honestly, man, more than anything else, uh, competition has been a really strong motivating factor for me mm-hmm. in my work. I mm-hmm. know for sure in music when I would play in bands earlier on and everybody would want the band to play their song, right? There'd always be a couple guys in the band writing original songs and we had four tracks back then. We would demo them and it was almost like a, a democratic voting process. Who mm-hmm. could write the best song that the band gonna is going to play it. and perform? Yeah. And man, that was a huge motivator for me to try to write better songs than my band. And that would cause a lot of animosity because... Sure. They would want their songs in, but I would always be the lead songwriter in my band. So the design you have now of Gregory Pepper, and then you also do. Um, sorry, it's it's a. Uh, what's the uh, the bird? 
that you write I, under. I, is it one common of my grackle? Common grackle. That's sure, that's yeah. another. Is that that's a what is that? Is that you? That's myself and a, a producer. A common producer grackle. in the in the hip hop parlance. Oh, sick. Not a not an engineer. Well, he is an engineer. But when I so we were talking about Fake Four earlier on. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the first artists they signed was a a guy who goes by the moniker of Factor. Okay. He recently changed it to Factor Chandelier because I think there was a lot of confusion between Probably his name idea. and the the grant right. uh, body. And right. you've heard of the Great Artist Canada Council. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good idea. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the label owner, I'd never. He's from the prairies, but I think he assumed everyone in Canada knows each other. So he goes, "You guys should work together and make a record." <laughs> right. And uh, so he sent me some some sort of blanket beats. Really. And. and we did, uh, I think before, I don't think we, we never met when we were making that album. We would speak oh, on the wow. phone and email, but he would basically send me beats and I would add music over top and we would exchange Pro Tools files. And that's that first Common Grackle album wow. was born out of that. And then just to make things more confusing, as mm -hmm. if his, his rap moniker wasn't confusing yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. I recorded a version of that album with a Western swing rockabilly band because i couldn't perform the songs live because they're electronic songs basically yeah. they're all built on a metric uh -huh. grid with samples okay but you can play them on guitar sure. so i taught them to a band and we started to and then we re we released an album as common grackle so the real album's called the great depression and we oh, yeah. released one Beautiful. called the great repression which is the uh the live band version do you want to play something from the great depression or or repression. Let's play a tune. Let's cut to a tune. Can we? Tr let's do a short one, and we can sure. do both of them back to back, and oh. you can hear what the interpretation here, sounds like. Here we go. Perfect context. This is the one I was going to play uh, at the beta band thing. Okay. This is called uh, the Grindcore Show. Beautiful. Um, okay, so here comes that shit. Yeah, well, I was, was going to give you a preamble. Yeah, do it. It's about uh, so I'm I'm an anxious guy. Yeah, and it's about being really anxious at a show but uh, it's it's awesome a it's a brutal violent metal show right and a, a fun little caveat of this is i've never i've never received so much negative response online to oh. a song as i did this uh because apparently if the word grindcore is right. in the song it right. might come up in your recommended list if you're a youtube subscriber oh good good tactic actually and if you when get you get some hits when you click on it and, yeah. it, and it ain't grindcore oh look you're out. not happy not only that but a lot of the um the visual <laughs> descriptions i'm doing in the song are sort of an amalgamation of of death metal and sort of guarish fanfare Yep. And you you know how rigid the definitions are in the sub You're sub genres of heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know at the time. I mean, I really. Yeah, it's. I humorous. was just I was just sort of taking something from the collective sure. unconscious. Yeah, uh, and then I got schooled on YouTube about what is and what isn't grindcore. Wow, goatheads stuck on pikes. That's that's black metal, buddy. That ain't grindcore. Do your do your homework before you write a tune. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take this shit seriously. Yeah. Interesting. So, so yeah, we'll play. The, actually, to be honest, the Common Grackle version I think is pretty much just me. I don't think yeah. I don't think Graham plays on this. But yeah, and then and then the, and then the 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 Great Repression after. There's two versions of there's the two versions show. of the song, and yeah, okay. they're reasonably short, so we can Great. just bookend them. Together. Love that tune. Here it comes now. Cool. I don't want to die at the 
grindcore show I took an orange pill and now I'm seeing skulls and bones 300 BPM and still the time is passing slow Oh God, don't let me die at the grindcore show Wow, fantastic. And thank you. Great to hear. And that's it, right? Like that we're we're getting into your creative kind of your your look at and, and your look at uh well collaboration comes in there for me. Like I, I see you as an excellent collaborator, even though maybe it wasn't in a band context. And I'm really interested in that. Like you you were able to navigate, like you started out in bands, now you've created this thing just under the name Gregory Pepper, Common Grackle. Expansion, expansion, you've got the peptones, you've got many different ways of doing what you do. You've created 
a platform now to 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 I think flex your muscle in in whatever context you need it and now and now you're just channeling it down whatever highway you need to right um, but I also love the the story about how you were going and 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 kind of saying oh well here here's essentially you per, you like the internet you like what technology has brought you even though it can bring you such nonsense as you don't really know grindcore you know but i'm interested in that because like you found your label you've been collaborating with factor chandelier did i get them right right i mean you, you, via this new forms of technology what else excites you about um new technology the internet where we're at right now in, in 2017 well i'll i'll just put a caveat on the well, there was collaboration. A there. Yeah, yeah. I do miss true collaboration as I as I got to experience in bands. Like a band in a van, you're all writing the tune together. What 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 aspect? I so when I was talking about the competition with my bandmates, you show up with a demo. Yeah. But the finished version of the song really takes on a whole different personality and everyone's fingerprint is included. It's better with them than without, eh? It was usually better, yeah. Yeah. In that case, it was because the demo was really, to to break down the root word, demonstrational, right? It was just a a glimpse of what the song could be. And I think that even though it did lead to a lot of animosity and fights over uh, how a part should be played and what the tempo is and all that nonsense, it really democratically made the song better. Okay. And when I went solo, I felt like I lost that because it was my name on the marquee. Mm-hmm. It was patently understood that I was mm-hmm. writing everything. Mm-hmm. When I make records, I play almost all of the parts. Yeah. Um, with the exception of a lot of times I'll get a drummer in. Okay. But for the most part, unless I'm I'm hiring a gun because I want something in particular, yeah. I have this really sort of stubborn approach that i would i would rather spend five hours trying to do it myself oh wow than get, than get someone else to do it and it i mean maybe time will tell what that what turning on my back turning my back on collaboration uh-huh will will have gotten from me but for yeah for now i'm a very i work very solitary and that's i mean there's a obviously obvious obvious similarity between uh, illustration and graphic design and you know recording all the parts myself in the basement they're very much similar muscles being flexed yeah uh, but as far i mean the internet i feel like i would be remiss if i didn't shoehorn in yeah my latest project which could not really could not exist without this platform yeah uh so let's know, talk about it i'm i'm <laughs> i started in july I've been okay. thinking about it for some time. Um, I'm doing a, a, a song a week subscription service. So I'm okay. writing and recording a song a week for one year. And what, to tell us where that idea came from. Like, like was it the early days of, of uh, well, I've not really seen much of that. I, I've seen people challenge themselves by saying, so I'm gonna write a song a day and, and throw it on YouTube or whatever. Sure, but, but I'm not just talking about from? I'm not talking about writing a song. I'm talking about a fully flushed out idea, recorded, produced. This is where it lives. Mixed, yes. mastered, yes. Gotcha. 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 done. Uh, and the idea is, uh, people sign up. It's four dollars a month. So it's I. It was really important to me because I'm super dubious about crowdsourcing. You don't like it. I'm. I'm just not 
on board. It's noisy at the moment. Hey, can you? It feels a bit by, like palms to, facing the sun. You yeah, know? I need to paint my house. Whatever the hell that it is, I, I, it, we're all creative. Can you help me? I, I get it. I get it. Or There's we want to make a vinyl. Around. Pay yeah, thirty dollars sure. now for an album in seven months. Yeah, that's so, kind of you're bored. You're, that's boring. I think I, 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 I think it. it's loud and it's a bit tacky. Yeah. So it meant a lot to me to make it to make it accessible for people. So the idea is for fair market value, you're getting a song every week. You're paying basically a dollar a song. Uh huh. And I don't know what it's going to be. So it's it's even if it's fair market value, it's a risk for both of us. Beautiful. And and part of this came out of just sort of realizing, well, what, it, what it, we're all specialized in some sense. And yeah. touring wasn't my specialty. I think it's a really honestly just unhealthy it's not a creative pursuit it's not creative it's yeah. it's unhealthy it, it, it's it's very difficult to do healthily yeah I gotcha yeah. and and I'm a homebody and you yeah. know if I'm not yeah. honestly man if I don't do a creative thing once a day Keep I start going. to feel okay you start to feel a little uh, vacant inside beautiful this is a, one of my favorite podcasts and Keep now going. and now so people can maybe set these goals i'm going to release a song a week and i'm going to put them on soundcloud but i'm concerned about the inherent value that's been drained out of releasing music yeah um so how do we add something to that well you can if people are and you know god bless these people who are willing yeah. to subscribe yeah and support it. It's it's with the knowledge that I'm 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 writing for those you know those seventy five yeah. pairs of ears yeah. or whatever. And yeah. I'm uh, that's it's important. a good it's yeah. a good time it's a good way it's a good sort of self consciousness uh, because you're you're going to be very aware of how this song differs from the last. You're going to think about what is the narrative. You're going to try something wow. new. And uh, wow, I like that. That's very exciting, right? Yeah, your, it your is. It's been going. Are growing with each week. You're assuming that they've heard it. You may be telling a story from July through, and it's for a sure. year. That's the. It's happening for okay, a year, and you know, I do, I do this sort goal? of long editorial exposition. So I talk about the recording process. I talk about if I'm inspired by something I heard that week. So I've been listening to more music, which is great. Wow. And I do, you know, custom drawing and stuff, and people can download it. So what is it? Is it a blog? Like, how do you? How do you? I, I should put the URL in here. Do it. Go ahead. It's on. It's through the Patreon platform. Okay. So if you go to Patreon.com/backslash/Gregory Pepper. Yeah. And I also have it on my Bandcamp account okay. if, for people who, who, for whatever reason, don't want to use that. And you share illustrations that inspired it. You share the backstory. I do a custom drawing for each song that's based on. What narrative. a nice amalgam. Okay, great. And. uh I mean, really, I mean, just tying it back to the old mode. So as, as the Problems Band, I've done five or six albums. Gregory Pepper and his Problems. I've done, um, and I've done a, a handful of other collaborative albums. Um, and what always irked me about the, the, the traditional release model is, yeah. the, is the hurry up and wait. So you labor over the songs and you maybe tweak them in to a point where they lose a bit of humanity because you want it to be perfect because it's coming out. Yeah. And then the, the, uh, you know, if you're doing vinyl, I mean, yeah, heaven forbid you're doing vinyl. You have to wait yeah. four months for that to come back from the Czech Republic. There you go. And then you have to hire a publicist 
to start a campaign two months before it comes out. Are you out. listening, kids? And you have to make a music video. And man, if you get out your calculator and you start yeah. adding up the, the yeah. fees, there's no way you're ever going to make right. a return on it. Not that that's yeah. my primary interest, but you know, I don't. You know, I want the label to lose money. And then there's this nuclear explosion. The album comes out. Here we go. Listen up. And about two months later, it's meaningless. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's kind of meaningless. Not meaningless, but it, it it's valueless the moment it comes out once people can stream it. Yeah. Because it's just it's, it's, it's just a, out there. It's a fraction of a penny at that point. Not that it, it is about the the, the, the payback yeah. on each if, tune, if the songs are good, they're good and then that's its own reward. It exists. Yeah. But yeah. I was so frustrated with, with the, the The model. The, the huge model. build up and yeah. the, the sort of just dinosaur era model of an album release. There we go. Now when yeah. we were in the ska band, <laughs> yeah. you would go to Barrie, Ontario and you would play a show in front of 75 kids who'd never heard of you before. You'd rip it up, you'd throw some units there. And way, if right? you rip it up, they go, yeah. well, I'm never going to hear this band again, so I might as well, you know, shell out the $10 because I enjoyed it. Yeah. And now what people do, and I see this at shows mm -hmm. and merch tables, mm -hmm. and if mm -hmm. I'm doing uh, print sales, people just take a photo on their phone of your album cover so that they can find it on Spotify later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there's. The, I mean, it's like just, and that's the yeah. rub of the internet. So the internet has has provided me with this just beautiful platform, all these yeah. beautiful, you know, incredible opportunities, and yep. I've gotten to meet and collaborate with all these people. Yet at the same time, it, but it, you're, you're a creative guy. So like the thing about it is that yes, it's a piss off. You know that idea of I'm going to photograph your record at a merch table and and and, and stream it later, right? But. Look, look at what you've done. Like, it's managed to piss you off. And by the way, everything you just walked me through, it's like, yeah, I, I just lived that the last year of my life, and we'll see what happens, right? Like, Because, yeah, I'm, you're putting I'm, out... I'm, I've just, you just put, put out, out a record, record right? Now. The Great Blue Heron, if you guys want to listen to it, yeah, it's available. But, you know, I, I, I feel that, right? It's like, And you're already on to the next project, right? And you don't want to just dial in that next project. So I, I kind of see how it's evolved. And you're like, as you were preparing for this... You go, all right, let me buy me a year. I'm a, you work hard. I know that about you because anytime any of the collaborations we've ever done, it, it, they come back early. You know, like you're a hardworking motherfucker. You're a disciplined guy. The, the, the idea, I know the idea. If anyone's going to do it, this idea of one a week, it's you because you're a really good scheduler. I can see that. You're like, all right, I'm going to get, you know what I mean? Yeah, Has well, that I was, been working okay for you? I was auditing. Some memories earlier today, and I remember we were sharing a bill. I think yeah. it was at Silence. Yeah, it was. And I was backstage, and the, the band men, bandmates are all milling about, and I said to someone, you know, if you don't have time to respond to an email, yeah. by God, mark it on red. And you shouted from across the room, yes, I want you on my podcast. Right. Right. That was kind of it. Right. Keep your business straight, man. <laughs> <laughs> Show up early. Um, and well, and and take pride in everything that you do, and and that's another thing that I I see in all of your work is like, you you over deliver on everything in a way. Well, right? now you're talking about pride, and that's hubris, and that's a sin. Oh in shit! The, in the in the good book. Yeah, keep making those cabinets, Gregory. But uh, I, I'll I'll just maybe something you said earlier reminded yeah. me of of sort of the model, the Patreon song yeah, week model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing that's that's really special about it is you don't there's no time to second guess 
So it does it's have raw. It it's does, you right now. It, yeah. It's you in that moment. Yeah. And that's special. Man, by the time an album comes out for me, I don't know if you feel the same way, sure. but after sitting on it for sure. six months or a year, you don't want to hear it, man. You've listened to the mixes a hundred times. Yeah. And you have to go out and do interviews and, and post on social media about your album that you would rather never hear again in your life. Can't relate. Feel a lot more comfortable about saying, I wrote this song this week. It's fresh. It's where I am right now. This it's completely is, this reflective is, yeah, of me right now. This is what happened. Me. This is what I've been listening to. Yeah. And in that sort of melting pot, I I present you this little moment. And I look back and there are things mm-hmm. both from a production and writing standpoint. Anytime, right? Anytime you make something that you think you might have done it differently. But you may again. Like the thing is, I think creatively too, it's going to open up so many doors because it's like, all right, well, I did. The, I, I learned a new technique here. I belted it out. I can refine it. You can remix this shit. By the way, you can package. How many weeks are in a year? 52 if you my could, math is this, correct. This could be a double, a, a double release, right? Like You could always package it old model down the down the line sure. if, if yeah. that was the ambition and right? from a salesman perspective um you know th- there's this half-life that exists in a regular album release right. and it, it tapers off after sure. a few months sure for the base subscription if people sign up late yeah they still have access to all the previous posts sure it's not like you you you, you know, don't gain it's not like yeah. you can't go back to the first stop on the train okay. route so cool. at this cool. point there is an album's worth Already, you're because since I started in yeah. July, so this I think I'm coming up on number twelve. I just released number eleven. Isn't that fun? Um, so it it does grow and and like a fine wine, it becomes more complex. I think and nuanced over time because now there's context. I'm interested in this because we've just talked. You you've perfectly eloquently walked me through the old model you sit on it for a year you get the publicist you make the video you do the touring you sell the 14 records right yeah now walk me through what you're learning as you go this new route which is uncharted for you of like every week now what like how is the work changing now that you're going into song 13 or 14 like how is it now that you have something to reference even doing this podcast by the way i have oh i'm gonna reference this we talked about it back in Episode three, we talked about the idea of stage fright with, you know, Patricia O'Callaghan. She's the only one that talked about stage fright. That was interesting to me. Like little themes that keep coming up. How does the work evolve differently doing it every week? From a songwriting perspective, because there is that self-consciousness, I've been, I, I would say, writing um, more deliberately self-contained narrative songs what i mean by that is you know when you're maybe fishing mm. you know as you do with the as you're strumming a guitar mm-hmm. or playing the piano and you find some sort of a, a some wayward group of words that just the cadence sounds nice i think the famous example is paul writing yesterday okay and saying uh scrambled eggs oh baby i love your legs mm-hmm. okay you can Im- I'm not going to do the Paul sure, impression, okay. but I'm sure you can all imagine it in your mind's eye. Those dummy lyrics, oftentimes, I just you end up sticking with them because they feel good and they sound good. And so a lot of times, you know, these songs would be based on loose impressionistic topics, and I would sort of focus on the tones and really okay worry and just add more and more things until I covered up the mistakes. I don't have that luxury now, so I'm always 
starting mm. with a pretty deliberate concept. And it's about 50-50 so far. It's been either a really deliberate musical concept. Yeah. Where I'm either going to explore a genre mm-hmm. or a loop. Or I have a topic. Uh, I went to okay. I went to a strip club for the first time in my life. Here we go. Three weeks ago in Niagara Falls for an old friend's oh, bachelor boy. party. Okay. And uh, I didn't really want to go. I mean, I could we could do a sure. whole other podcast about how I feel about those uh, establishments. Yeah. But I brought my little notebook with me, and I said, "Well, at least I'm going to have some content." Material. So I, I wrote a very sort of ambivalent, uh, just personal response to what the experience was it's, like it sounds very diary like this this week, it's week for, yeah, yeah it's yeah, very yeah, much yeah, like yeah, a yeah. It, it is a personal diary yeah, and sometimes yeah. it goes outside it of be, yourself yeah. i mean yeah. sometimes you're using allegory and metaphor yeah. but it's always based on something that i'm going through at the moment and then yeah of course and unlike the album i can just release it yeah to the to the to the world to the subscribers and frankly once people have it once they have it on their ipod or their it's the same laptop thing. it's for them to it's do too people yeah. have asked me about sharing the songs i go man you own it like you bought it cheers now a uh, couple of questions on that and what does the label think about it were they jazzed oh super you? supportive i've been talking with chesky sh- yeah totally they, so I we were on so. tour together in april of this year and i told him about it i said oh, i'm yeah. thinking i go i don't know if i can do it chess but i'm thinking about doing this because as a label, they've been talking more and more about moving out of traditional it can, physical-based media. It's expensive. Yeah. They've started pressing less. Yeah. They've started releasing albums one like once every two months now. Okay. Because it's just basically put our promo dollars into something and, and try to get a return on it. Did they add... Did he or they add anything to the uh, to the concept for you? Like, did they fine-tune it to, a, to, to say, oh, here's... For example, like... If you hadn't known about Patreon or or, or uh, did they help adjust it or refine I think it? I'd, yeah, I'm pretty stubborn. I think you, I'd already had it sort of figured it. out in my mind. Love it. Love it. Uh, in in a perfect world, I would have built a web page myself so that I wouldn't have had to not even deal with deal with anything else. But uh, you know the mm. amount of sort of coding and extra costs involved with that. Dude, it, it was it was worth paying the ten percent. And let's else. look at it and go next year, July 2018. Who knows what the fuck, right? Like I think that's also cool about it is once you've done it, you've broken the model and good on you because you're pushing towards. I mean, you see our other artists like Amanda Palmer doing a lot of this. Like people are kind of etching out a different way of because you're not a creative guy on under the one stream as we've kind of discussed. So there's a way for you to kind of look at it and go i do all this creative shit i just got to kind of package it in a way that's unique and modern world right i mean that's where we're at kind of yeah it's interesting i would say i'm just as you as you were talking i was sort of going through my recollections of talking with the label about it and yeah. I, the, the the one experience that we shared was uh the importance of playing floor shows for 25 people but really giving it everything you have Which and trying you do. to form you do. a personal bond with every member of the audience. Okay. And those are the people who, when you go out on a limb and say, will you subscribe to this service? Okay. Um, I think that that really helps bridge a connection between you and an audience. They pointed that out, that the live show is still part of this recipe for them or you or both? Or just not having uh, inflated diva-ish expectations about... An audience, like I mean, man, you can play a free concert for five hundred people, and it, sure, it, it maybe it bolsters your ego or something. Yeah, but uh, 
you know, if man, if you're in a room with 20 people, yeah, and you're sweating, yeah, and you're you're being vulnerable and being, yeah, and like trying to share some sort of truth with them about yourself, um, you know, those are the connections that are so much more important than just right on. Um, here, here, yeah, here, here. I, 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 and the the only how many, I don't know how many times we've shared a stage. It might be three or four, not yeah. even, not even, maybe less, yeah. But they've all been memorable for me. You, you've never dialed it in. You've always brought like a a perfect theme or a, a, a. You've sounded great every time. I've noticed like you take a pride in what you do, yeah. and it's it's you know I'm like shit. Did he write new material for this set or what? Like there's a. Well, the yeah, multimedia I, angle that we did at Silence, you've put a lot, you put a lot into it, and that's what I admire. I'm like, because that makes me know that you never say yes to just say yes to a show. Not that, that that it's wrong to just play as much as you can, but you don't, right? Like you're you're, it's well thought, and you put a lot into it, and I like that about you. That well, that's certainly we could do a callback. That's I think it's been frustrating for bandmates to play with me for that reason, because I don't want to do the same set twice you're that kind so of so there artist. would be like these sort of yeah. six month cycles where we would do a set and go well guys we played Toronto and they're hungry they were, we played Toronto on, back in May yeah, and yeah. we're not going to do the same songs meanwhile you know we're playing for 15 people <laughs> so it might be a different crowd but I just yeah. I never felt comfortable right on doing the same thing over and over again so I mean that that's what's left me alone in the basement uh, for you know the That's last it. 10 years and recording the parts myself because I would get really jazzed. I would write songs and I would want to record. But, you know, there's the, there's the cost-benefit analysis for people playing in that band. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, are pretty are pretty uh, meager at best. So, sure, sure. sure. Um, you know, that's sort of why this weekly song thing works because... I love it. Man, if you got to rely on anyone else... Other than yourself, you know, you're, you're taking a risk, let alone three or four other guys. Yeah. Well, you've put yourself in a really interesting, creative kind of... It's exciting, right? It's, yeah. It's neat to me that, that where you're at, you know. Um, uh, how many... What's the reaction been? Like, uh, do you want to talk about that? Like, how many people have well, latched I mean, onto like, it? Look, Is it growing? Dude, I, was, I was really worried going into it because it's a long way... To quote, to quote a Jim Guthrie, it's a long way from zero to one. Hmm. Jim Guthrie is a, a, right on. a composer and writer I knew from Guelph who's, who's done pretty well for himself. Right on. Um, you know, most people who were born mm-hmm. after, you know, 1996 or whatever, have never paid for music before in their life. Never had to pay for music. Here we Let's go. qualify it. I've never thought of this, but yeah. Uh, so they grew up in a world where everything was instantly accessible. And you know what, man? I'll... Judge not lest ye be judged, holy, as the good book says, Christ. because I'm I'm We're going to church with Gregory Pepper, Father I'm Pepper. Guilt, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll open up the old YouTube if I'm making dinner and just type in a band name full album and listen to it. Not the first time we've kind of talked about this on the reference back to Corey McCallum uh, episode. Keep going. Look, man, convenience is king, and yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So with all that in mind, uh-huh. I was very apprehensive about doing this project because I go, is it just going to be my mom? Is she going to be the only subscriber? Mm-hmm. Is it going to grow an audience? Are they going to be loyal? Is it going to be interactive? Well, how have you found it so far? Two it's months been, in? It's been good so far. It's about 75 and then I have a band camp 
site too that a handful of people have signed up for too. So you can subscribe from both. Or you can one, subscribe one from okay, from okay. one or the other. We'll okay. put the URL in the description. Yeah. Um, and you know, people can comment and yeah. they can like. And I put hyperlinks into the things that I'm listening to. And oh wow, um, yeah. you know, there's a nice little volley. It's it's a little badminton game going on. There's a little volley back and forth, and. Uh, hmm. I mean the 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 format isn't perfect. There's a handful of technical things that I would want to change about it, but it seems to be the best option available to me now. And man, I got to say by not releasing it for free, I don't I don't mean to sound like I'm counting marbles here, but by yeah. not releasing it for free, there I feel like there's an inherent value added to it. Okay. And I think that there are yes. people who yeah. not just for altruism, but just for you know enthusiasm yeah probably i should hope get something out of that too to know that you're directly uh, you're directly supporting, supporting this crazy this project madman in his basement right yeah preaching the, the the testament the old testament um wow and okay so so i want to i I want to listen to so ah, shit. I lost my train of thought. Should we listen to a song from the Song of the Week project? Well, uh, yeah, I want to listen to one that you feel um, you 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 can tell a story about what we'd want to share with them, and uh, yeah, there was something there. Let's listen to a tune, and maybe when we come back from it, I'll have caught my train of thought. What's the tune, Gregory Pepper? Let's go with, I think this was earlier on, I believe it was week two. It was called oh, Good Call. Good Call. And it was a rumination. I think I was thinking about summer. Yeah. Um, there's a, a Larry David quote, a Here pretty, go. pretty good quote, because the new Curb Your Enthusiasm season was about to start. Beautiful. And I was <laughs> I That's was thinking nice. about creation. Okay. Dude, we're coming back to it. Here it comes. I was thinking about the yeah. Genesis story of creation, and he saw that it was good. Oh fuck! And so he made a good call, and uh, yeah. Key rice. Here it comes. Here we now. go. Here it comes now. What's it called? Good call. It's a good call. was good good call good call I leaned my back against the wood pretty 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 good and then I woke up and it was cold my friends were gone I was old I couldn't move I couldn't breathe And darkness was upon The face of the deep
perfect time because we broke to a tune. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's going to take a piss, but we're going to leave it running. Is there? Are you making a note of where these breaks are? No, I'll listen back. Sometimes I don't though, and it allows it so it slips in because I don't take pride in my work. Jesus, listen to him blowing his nose. Was he blowing his nose and then taking a piss? Or is he pissing? We'll ask him when he gets back. We want to know. How did you piss and blow your nose at the same time, Gregory Pepper? That's what I wanted to ask you. Second you question. No, I'm I'm halfway through this Great Lakes bar. Listen, were you pissing and blowing your nose at the same time? That's right. This Holy is the thing, Andy. This is going to be in it because I didn't stop. That's fantastic. Well, this is like doing the album art and, and playing the songs. So right back to it. I was going to ask you about that. That was a good call. Can we talk about that tune? Me not having heard it yet. Describe it. Like, what was special about the making of it? Well, um, apart from what you already just said, lyrically, but what what uh, musically was? Uh, I I've so okay. I used to I used to love sort of power pop, pop punk music. Sort of in the years when I was cutting my teeth, you know, in my teenage years. I'm thinking about what are we talking about here. I'm thinking about Weezer, Descendants, okay. um, you know, very heavy hummable music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was something I turned my back on for a long time because it because maybe I liked it in my adolescence. Yeah, it seemed juvenile to me as an adult. Okay, Fair and uh, the the first album I did where I revisited that in 2015, I did one called Chorus, 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 and the concept there was. <laughs> We knew that we were going to press it on a 7-inch to okay. save money. Okay. Industry tactics. There we go. But it was going to play at 33 RPM. So oh. you can get you can get about 7 minutes aside. Right. So I wrote 10 songs that all clocked in around the the 1 1 and a half minute mark. Chorus, chorus, chorus. And nice it was one. just non-stop melody and cool, just really cool, over man. the top heavy pop. Like just really sort of earwig stuff. Okay. Uh and once I did that, I mean, it was almost just a fascination piece. It was just to see if I could. And uh, I mean, it really like, rekindled my love for that that type of music, for just power pop, for big epic pop songs. It's hard to do. I dare you to try it, right? So good for you. And you do it well. Like, that is a thing about all of the your output that I've heard. Because I bought, I think, all the CDs one day. Oh, yeah, when I freaked out on you first. And was listening to all the back catalog going... Holy shit, Karen Ng plays on this record? What the fuck? Where does this guy come from? There's a lot of... there's a You've done a lot, and it all sounds great. How the fuck? Well, you know, I... I In not a lot I of time. I don't like repeating myself. So that forces you to, to, to traverse different avenues. Yeah. I've made the argument before that, you know, I'm not a gifted singer... I've got sort of a Kermit the Frog thing. I, I sang for long enough that I learned how to pitch and I can sing okay. on key. Yeah. But man, you know, and we could get into determinism and sort of God-given talent here. Like I think for sure with, with something like visual art with drawing, I think yeah. it's pretty clear in the first 10 years of your life if you have it or not. Whoa. You can learn technique. Sure. And you can learn process. But I think... Really, what it comes down to is something that is innate and is is part of your character and part of your DNA. And huh. so, for me, 
I mean, there yeah. are people who can sing so well, uh-huh. but I think that that might be a detriment as a songwriter because if you have a golden voice uh-huh. that makes people's ears perk up and listen, where's the incentive to write a great melody or to explore, mm. you know, new new songwriting? So I think because I was always a poor but spirited singer, um, it it really forced me to to just step up my melody and and um structure game mm-hmm. love it are you uh are you playing are you playing live as well in this time of once a week like how i want to know that and i also want to know how it's affected your other shit like how do you structure a week now to to make this work okay so we'll know like how do you make swish la time too that's by, by, by the time this comes out um, we'll know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do a show tomorrow. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm playing play with a group called uh, Faith cool. Healer. Okay. From Montreal. Sound really, really cool. And I just got someone to add me on the bill late. I said, you know, I've been writing these songs. I'm, I'm going to do a solo Billy Bragg thing. I'm just going to sing these them. tunes. I'm going to do these tunes tomorrow. Like just a handful of them. Yeah, the 12. And just, and. Wow. The, the so it's it's actually someone who's at the badminton party. So a, a real good friend of mine, Brad McInerney, who who organizes the Kazoo Fest oh, yeah, okay. in Guelph, great, which is a, right I mean it's a it's a show series, and they do a they do a, a festival once a year, and like big heavy hitters sure. in the Guelph arts community, the Print Expo, and just like yeah. tons of great stuff. Kazoo.ca yeah. is there. Do it is their uh, website if you want to look into it. Uh, so partner, you know this power pop band. Mm. From uh, the East Coast, I believe they just released an album on You Changed. Really cool, really cool album. I love them. I've seen I've seen them live. I can't recommend them enough. He he asked me if I wanted to get the Power Pop band back together to play with them when they oh. come to town. Oh, and I said, man, that was that was two thousand and five. Right on. I go, what I want to do now love is love play. You. I go, yeah. I want to play in a room with That's like cool. thirty people. Yeah, and I want to be able to make eye contact with everybody. And because I've thought hmm. so intently about these songs. I want to talk about them. Whoa! I want to talk ab- and, and just let different. and sort of move the, uh, if if possible. I mean, I know that this is this yeah. is far reaching, but to try to put the spotlight on the song and the the idea rather than me. Well, you would in that context that you just walked me through, right? Because, and you know what? It sounds yeah. like one of those awful. What was that MTV singer? There was yeah. like a songwriter, storytellers. Yeah, like, yeah, am I right, thinking of right, it? Right, right. And right. some asshole with a, an acoustic yeah, guitar yeah. would talk about back when he was out and right. Well, yeah. So that's, I, that's I, that's the line you you. That's the risk, right? Yeah. That's the risk, and and oh, brother, industry taxes. Yeah, if you yeah. if you don't take a risk, man, right. there's a reward. There you go. Right. There you go. So I'm gonna try that, and based on how that goes, I'm I, because the 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 coffee is percolating and it's becoming a bit stronger, and the, yeah. the cup is starting to fill. Yeah. I'm. I can actually start to promote this more. Right, as the the process continues, well, because that's what you talked about with the label. There's more money in the bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, what I'm thinking of doing is is, and this is meaningless, but I I think maybe I'll do a video. I'll do one of the I'll do a video for one of the songs and try to get some press about it and try to drum up some interest and maybe ultimately yeah you know release physicals once it's all done. But yeah, know, yeah, we're at yeah we're at, yeah. we're at week twelve, so I'm. It's a little under a fourth out. of the way, but yeah. it's it's been good so far. Yeah, I love it. And and um, so, how do you shape a week now? Is it like how, what does a week look like for you right now in in, in this context? 
is any week the same for you? Like, do you have? No, it's well. I mean, I'm always juggling other. I see it. Deadlines. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, You're contract right. uh, design and printing and some sound design stuff. You know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm really fortunate in that way. Um, yeah. But it's more about carrying around the book and carrying around the, the iPhone. That's always there. That's the backbone of and the year. every time you yeah. get an idea, sort of just okay. writing down. Strip joint, wherever you're at. Wherever you're at, sort of writing down ideas and then uh. sort of finding a time to, to just go fishing and see what happens. And you know what? If there's, if there's basically two kinds of songs, mm -hmm. there are narrative songs that start with an idea uh, of... of uh, uh, either a structural musical idea or a lyrical idea. Mm -hmm. And then there's process based, which is I've never recorded an organ uh, through the four track and then manually changed the pitch as it plays back and dubbed that to digital and see what that sounds like. All right. It's almost hip hop pop version. Cause I, the label fake four, I'll yeah. give them a shout out fake four inc.com. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're a really eclectic label, but they're mostly yeah. known for progressive hip hop. And so I got involved with a lot of rapper guys. So I've done, I've produced tracks for other rappers or, or been a, a gunslinger session guy on, on rap songs, which is just a whole other approach because. It's awesome. I'm blown away by that right now because every song, every collaboration, then it's like a thousand collaborations. It's not just, here's the usual crew that you make all your shit with and no disrespect to the band or having long-term relationships that you grow and foster over decades right that's really important shit but there's a lot of beauty in the world right so i love this approach to i've been really freaking out over that lately the hip-hop approach to like every track can be its own little universe actually of collaboration right so you've lived this wow you know, the guys who used to play in the Problems Band were all in the... We all play in a cover band together where we wear matching powder blue jackets with velvet uh, lapels and cuffs. Yeah. And uh, I think we just all realized eventually that no one really enjoyed slugging it out as an indie band, but we loved playing music together. And this was really eye-opening because, you know, huh. I think there's a... There's a stigma around cover bands because people assume that you've failed as a musician and you haven't, you you know, you had to play someone else's songs. Okay. And what was really eye-opening to me, we, we started the band because a, a friend of mine was getting married and he offered us some cash and we said it would be fun. Cool. Great. Great way to and start And then what you, what you realize is that... <laughs> that was fun. When I was talking about the spotlight being taken off of me and focused on the songs, it can't uh -huh. be any more true than playing in a 50s jukebox cover band where the grandmas and the little kids and everyone in between, they all know the songs. Huh. They all know the, you know my boyfriend's back. Right. And they're all singing along. And it's really not about the band. You're not selling your haircut. You're physically not selling a CD to anyone. Right. You're just there to provide in this like shared experience like this shared cultural right. musical experience and it's i mean man it's so That's it's cool. so freeing it was so much more fun and gratifying than i thought it would be so the guys that i used to play in a band with we do that now yeah. and it was like marriage counseling man it made things a lot better 
huh. for our personal relationships because it's I'm not the easiest guy to work with. But that's one of the avenues, right? So like the bring it back to that hip hop thing that you were touching on for me. Like the so you is that kind of how you're approaching this now? Like is it, I don't know. Like how does that Well, what I meant is that's a process-based song. So I do right, I, I you write from different sides of the aisle. Gotcha. And sometimes if you just you don't have a topic in mind, you might just you go, I have 4 hours that I can devote to this tonight. Right? I could, it's like 2 o'clock, I got to start dinner at 6. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to make a beat as the hip hoppers say it. Love it. And you do it and you just you it's it's just discovery, right? You, yeah. You, you, it's yeah. just pure experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start going through the notebook and you go, you know, this little piece I wrote about publicists might work. And so you kind of hum it to yourself. And Ah, <sighs> uh, man. Thanks for opening up. Hey, my, my, my pleasure. I open, I open my joy. door. Yeah. I, I opened a can. I you uh, I open a can of beer and I open a can of worms with all this um, strange Catholic uh, sort of cultural baggage that I carry. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Uh, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Is right to give them thanks and praise. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we usually end it on a tune but fuck that I think we just did you put a Gregorian chant on at the end of the podcast bye Gregory cheers love you Amen Thank you, Gregory Pepper, for opening up. We wish you well this coming year. And if you haven't done so already, check out Camp Pepper. C-A-M-P-P-E-P-P-E-R. Don't pop your peas, kids. And subscribe to his Song a Week Club. We love you, Gregory. We wish you well. And uh, we'll see you next time on Industry Chack Chicks in 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. See you soon. A goodbye.